Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us on the Weekly Standard is Stephen Hayes. Back in the day, I did, uh, I ran campaigns of political work. I've been writing about politics for whatever, 20 years on, longer. I have rarely seen someone look straight into a camera and straight at a member of government and lie his butt off like I did last night with uh, uh, Director Koskinen of the IRS, a guy who was there covering it for the Weekly Standard and Fox News, tweeting about it on Twitter, our good friend Steve Hayes. Steve, thanks much for joining us. I appreciate it. Yeah, good to be with you. I mean, there are, there are points of, of dispute about things, but am I wrong that Koskinen was saying things that had, he had already d- proven to be demonstrably untrue last yeah, night? Yeah, I mean, he, he was sort of uh, twisted and, and turned around his own language and his previous testimony and his uh, current testimony. I mean, there were contradictions sometimes in the same sentences that John Koskinen <laughs> uttered last night before <laughs> members of Congress. So it was, not a, it was not a good turn for the IRS chief. So his position is that he's known for months that the uh, email was gone, yet he was still saying publicly, I will give you all the email, and he never bothered to tell Congress and wasn't going to tell Congress. Right. And, his, and, and the argument he made there was that, he couldn't possibly have committed to turning over emails that he didn't have. Mm-hmm. So even though he knew that some of the emails were gone, he was really only saying that he would turn <laughs> over the emails that he had or that the IRS had in its possession. But but look, I mean, it was plainly misleading. I mean, what Koskinen testified to before was plainly misleading. It fits a pattern of deception from the IRS that started at the outset of this controversy. Remember, you had senior IRS officials back some three years ago testifying that there was no targeting of conservative groups. Now, think about the documentation we have today publicly disclosed after a, a, a wrestling match to get it um, to get it released. Mm-hmm. Think about the documentation today that we have that disproves that original contention, that there was no targeting. Of course, now that we all know that there was targeting, Democrats are acknowledging that there was targeting. Uh, this is what how, how the IRS scandal started. It's how it's continued for the better part of, of three years, and it's how it w- went all through the night last night. Uh, we're talking to Steve Hayes with the Weekly Standard. Uh, so, Steve... The, the there are people who still insist that there's no scandal here, and they point to the fact that we don't have any emails between the White House specifically and Lois Lerner, the woman that that everyone seems to agree is at the heart of the bad behavior by the IRS. Yeah, well, there doesn't there doesn't have to be White House involvement for there to be a scandal, of course. Um, I think one of the things that Republicans have done and and done in an unproductive and unhelpful and irresponsible way is suggest White House involvement or claim even White House involvement when we don't yet have proof that there was White House involvement. Having said that, it's certainly worth asking questions about whether the White House might not have been involved. And these early notifications to the White House and to Treasury that uh, Jim Jordan, who who you played in your opening clip, uh, suggested, uh, those are legitimate questions. And the fact that the IRS head can't answer them, can't give a persuasive or compelling answer to them, raises all sorts of additional questions. But Republicans, you know, there were several Republicans last night who, rather than use their time to ask questions of the witnesses, um, decided not just to express their outrage, which would be understandable, but to go way beyond the facts and Mm -hmm. suggest that this was a criminal conspiracy led by the White House and that the White House ordered the destruction of these documents. Look, maybe that's true. 
We don't know that that's true. We don't have the facts to support that. Stick with the facts, ask the questions, try to extract more information. That's the job of these oversight committees. Some of them did it. Many of them chose not to. Uh, and that's the kind of thing that bugs me is that the bad behavior that uh, that draws my attention is a woman in Texas who decides I want to be politically active. I want it like my mom, Steve, you know, who's yes. got involved in the Tea Party. I want to start a little group. Suddenly she gets interviewed by the FBI repeatedly. Never happened before. Yes. EEOC never shown up before. ATF. This woman has a job that's not related to A, T or F. And they came and yes. investigated her. That's the horrific behavior that I think the typical nonpartisan American would be bothered by. And you almost never hear any conversation about that. You don't. I mean, it's gotten so obscured in in all of the partisan back and forth. But I believe she was was visited by the FBI six times. I mean, that's an incredible story. That's the story. We, We should want we should demand explanations of those particulars. And we found out, uh, again, despite the fact that the IRS was unwilling to provide most of this information for for months, even years, we found out that the IRS turned over a database uh, of suspected problem problematic uh, voters and groups to the FBI. We need more explanation of that. What we don't need is to have Daryl Issa and others sitting up there on the committee arguing with Democrats about... Right. House etiquette and house rules. Nobody <laughs> in America cares about house rules. Get over yourself. Look, we're, we're, we're trying to figure out and get answers. We're trying to figure out why public flogging can't be part of the house rules. We could care less about being polite to other members. But back up, back up. Did you just say that the IRS, my IRS, that has access to all my personal financial information, that can throw me in jail if I lose my emails, that they handed a stack of documents to the FBI? Yes. And this is, it's interesting, in talking to the folks who have been involved in this, in this litigation, defending the Tea Party groups from the beginning, this is what they're most concerned about. I mean, for, for, for the, the average, I think, Joe Citizen, who hasn't been following every twist and turn of this story, uh, the, the fact that these emails are lost is, is hugely problematic and raises all sorts of questions. But for the people who are deeply involved in this, the fact that right. information about these groups was turned over by the IRS to the FBI raises all sorts of questions that demand answers and demand them immediately. Right. Yeah, because I agree that the average person gets how bogus it is, you know, the, the emails magically disappeared. It was specifically the emails of this handful of people. and The, the, the contract to back up the emails you right. know, was specifically canceled right after the collapse and on and on. So I get why people look at that. But I really believe, Steve Hayes, that the power of this story is... A little old lady starts a Tea Party group in Ottumwa, Iowa, and her personal information goes to the FBI. If if her family understood that that happened, she, her neighbors, the entire state would be outraged over it. And that's what's happening. Well, I had this conversation. This is a bit of a digression, but it makes your point. I had a conversation with a couple who lives in Texas, and they were going to go to a San Antonio. They were going to drive a couple hours and go to what I believe was a Tea Party rally in San Antonio. They mm-hmm. did this. They went to the rally, and they were asked to sign up to be a part of the Tea Party. They wanted to be a mem- members. This was like a membership drive sure. that the Tea Party group was conducting. And they told me that they wouldn't sign their names. 
And I said, come on, what's the problem with signing right. your names? This guy says, look, I've got a bunch of successful businesses, and I've seen what the government has done with this information in the past. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving my information. Right. And, and you stop and think about that for a minute. Honestly, at the time, this was maybe a year and a half ago I had this conversation. At the right. time, I thought, boy, that is sort of a new level of paranoia, um, and, you know, and it's unwarranted. But you look at it now and you think, geez, I completely understand why people would have those concerns and wouldn't want to do that. No, and that is the America we live in. That's America I never thought we would ever live in. Steve Hayes, Weekly Standard, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. You bet. Thanks, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to visit weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.